Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Valverde. Seventh, 
We got the Jaguars are going to be at the Titans. Um, we uh, start off with the uh, visiting team, the stinky Jaguars. Obviously, this is, a, this is a, a nightmare for people that thought Bortles was a top five QB, which was a lot of people going in the preseason. People such as our, myself uh, who have uh, Robinson, Allen Robinson, is absolutely dog poo so far. Can these guys turn it around? I don't know. There just seems to be something missing. They're not hitting the deep ball, which is what they were so great at last year. Allen Robinson just isn't getting a ginormous number of targets, which he was getting last year. So there's a lot of things that are different for this team this year, trying to commit to the run game. But these two guys just haven't gotten it done. Chris Ivory doesn't look all the way back. But he had some impressive runs there uh, on Sunday. So... This offense just needs sort of a gelling and coaches to get fired because that's the only thing that's <laughs> going to happen. I mean, Bradley's got to go. These guys, it's got to be a clean house because you've got to have a year with a new quarterback and a new offensive coaching staff, a new quarterback coach, and a new head coach to determine if Bortles is the you know face of your franchise going forward because right now he is definitely not playing like it. There was a point in the game, like late in the third quarter, when the guy had a Brock Osweiler-ish 39 passing yards, uh, and then suddenly ended up with 250 and one touchdown pass. And it's just in- insanity right now that he's going through quarters and quarters of football and just three and out and three and out. And it's just so ugly to watch, and it's destroying Allen Robinson. So if you're an Allen Robinson owner, you're asking, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's painful. It's... When Marquise Lee is your best option in the, um, from the receiving end of things, and you've got Hearns, who is another high guy, uh, and, and Robinson in the mix, it's, um, it's really problematic, and it's, it's crazy. Usually we are finding ourselves in those first two rounds talking about you know the zero RB and going for these, these wide receivers. It's not really panning out. When you got Des Watkins, Allen Robinson, and a, a number of other guys shit in the bed, God, it might change back next year. But Allen Robinson, I, I'm, I mean, can I bet? Can I bench the guy? I mean, I think in you this have, matchup, can, can I bench him or do I have to play him? I think this is a matchup in which you play him, but I, you've got to temper expectations until you start to see those performances, you know, sort of come out uh, of the creek. Again, because they haven't been happening. But last year against Tennessee, he you know caught five of seven targets for 113 yards, and then in the second game caught ten of 100, ten for 115, ten for 153, and three touchdowns. So against Tennessee, there's probably no way you could bench him. But later in the season, there's definitely some tough cornerbacks on his sort of slate, which is going to affect him overall. But the rest Allen of this Robinson, team, right now is, is the 39th. Yeah. God, this is just a nightmare. And it's just as bad in points per game. You got to remember he already had his bye, but he's still looking like a wide, a low end wide receiver three in points per game. There's nothing that's really looking up about his game except for that one two touchdown game. But other than that, he's been fairly fairly quiet each and every week. I think he got two of seven targets. Uh, and, and another good matchup for him last weekend. So it's very, very concerning. I think if you want to get out, I understand. Just don't go dropping Allen Robinson. That's not something you should do. You know, bench before you drop with these kind of uber-talented players who are struggling. 
another guy, Julius Thomas, he's missing practice today after getting into limited sessions. That's something you got to monitor between now and Thursday. We've got to see him back in there. He hasn't had a great season either. A lot of those looks are going to Marquise Lee. And it's just bad news, Bears. We don't really need to talk about this run game. Because they're both eating into each other's value. But their values, you know, one of the lowest in the leagues in terms of backfields you want to own. So, you know, eating half into that, it's not like it's the Denver Bronco backfields. I mean, it's half of crap. So you get <laughs> half crap. You can't you can't spray paint a turd and have it be uh, a gold and have it actually smell good and then cut it in half and, and cut it in <laughs> half and unless you have more spray paint to to, to respray paint the edge that's still stinky and brown oh god it's 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 a nightmare I agree with you uh, Bradley's probably days are numbered it's too bad I mean think about it that was one of the most exciting up and coming teams. After last year's fantasy season in the NFL, and they were in these out big scoring games, and the crazy part is their defense is one of the best in the league. They're I think they're right now ranked like eighth or something. And I was watching a, an interview with uh, Derek Carr the other day. That he literally said that he thinks that that defense is the best defense he's played. His you know he's only played two years, but he's like this is a young up and coming team. So the fact that their defense is ranked pretty highly, they've got these young uh, bucks, and that team can still be so crappy. Um, it's it's a bummer because that's not really what people anticipated. So let's move over to the other side of the ball with the Tennessee Titans. Wow, your boy Marcus is um, last couple weeks has gone skyrocketing up the uh, up the list on uh, overall rankings at quarterback. I think we we've spoken about it on Pat on previous shows. You know he's starting to run. Um, yeah, I think he's got the best, over the past two years, he's had the best red zone um, uh, um, action, passer rating. rating. Uh, so tell us more about your guy. You, you, you've been high on him since day one. And uh, tell us about, you know, then we can move into my, you know, my guy a little bit, DeMarco. But what, what can we expect in this game against the Jaguars? As I said, a pretty tough defense in some regards. What are you expecting from Marcus? I mean, I still like this for Marcus Mariota. They're giving up plenty of sort of yards, and their offense is just you know turning the ball over and you know giving up three and outs so often that this team could be on the field for a boatload of plays. Whenever that happens, it's good for Marcus Mariota in the play-action game. It's going to be good for the volume of Demarco Murray uh, and potentially you know the five six snaps that Derrick Henry sees. Uh, both those guys should be very good in this matchup. I definitely you know. I think Mariota's another streaming option this week. If, if you've been holding him these last couple weeks, it's definitely viable for him. In terms of fantasy points allowed, I mean, the Jaguars aren't amazing, but compared to the dumpster fire that they've been the last couple of years, it, it's worth worth a play. Tajay Sharp got in a limited practice today after missing yesterday. I, I don't know if he matters. I think the only other guy besides DeMarco, Marcus Mariota, that matter is Delaney Walker, and he's sort of been on fire these last couple weeks. Uh, what they're giving up to tight ends. They're, uh, the Jaguars are great at it. They're actually fit. They're only giving 3.8 points to the tight end right now, the Jags. So while I said their defense is, is pretty good, o- overall on fantasy it's the 21st, but they're, they're best against tight ends. So. Um, yeah, you still I mean, you still playing you're still playing Delaney with with, with how tight end looks this season yeah. and the guys that are putting up top weeks, 
you got to play Delaney Walker. You might just want to you know, temper expectations, but they're doing a lot of different things to bracket tight ends, and they're using Miles Jack in coverage, and just a, a number of different things to sort of hamper that position. We'll see if Delaney Walker, he's really the first truly talented, you know, pa- pass-catching tight end that they played this season. So that that's something that's looking up for him. Other than that, let's which is Which is nice, which is nice. Um, Alright, cool. Let's go to the first uh, game on Sunday. Yet again, another one uh, that starts early. God, London gets more games than a lot of uh, a lot of teams here in the States do. Um, so there you got the Redskins at the Bengals. Uh, again, those games start early, so um, you're going to get that going at uh, 9.30 Eastern. What are your thoughts? Cousins. Uh, he had a 20-yard run, so we, we, we thought his, his running would come down because we got five touchdowns last year. But then he makes that play. and His rushing is definitely coming down. I mean, he's not going to score five rushing touchdowns again this season. That was like his 14th rushing attempt, and a lot of the other ones have been on kneel downs. It's just not something he wants to do. They want to throw the ball. His passing numbers are up in terms of passing yards. But they're down in terms of red zone efficiency. He was one of the most efficient players in the red zone last year. And it's just not happening for him the same way. Jordan Reed should be back at practice tomorrow. That could help some of those red zone woes. Uh, but then, you know, Jordan Reed being back in the lineup, they've had a good performance out of Vernon Davis. They've gotten better performances out of Jamison Crowder without Reed in the lineup. How does this sort of affect all these other pieces? Because their outside receivers, Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, really haven't been performing to expectations. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is very, I think in non-PPR, he's in short bench leagues, small uh, small team leagues, he's debatably droppable. Um, he's going to do his explosion, maybe a game or two, but it's just too much of a headache. It's uh, I, I can't play him anymore. I, I'm pretty sure I'm dropping him in one league. Um and when that happens, it'll it'll explode. But yeah, it's it's hard to know. I think just in general, Crowder's the, the, yeah, probably the best out of the mix. But who knows? It's it's yeah. kind of a whirlwind, revolving door of, of mediocrity at wide receiver there. In, in addition to that, I mean, they put Josh Dotson on IR at yep. the end of last week, sort of quietly. Uh, so he's going to be out for the remainder of the season. Uh, with that Achilles injury, sort of suffered late in his college career, so that that sucks for him, uh, and that just gives them no real game breaker there because Deshaun Jackson just hasn't been getting it done uh, these last four or five weeks. So I definitely need to see more out of Deshaun Jackson. If Jordan Reed is back and healthy, you know you play Jordan Reed, he's going to get boatloads of targets. If he gets another concussion, he, he might, they might have to sit him for the rest of the year, which sucks. He got all that money, and that was the big concern. Let's talk. Let's move to the other position, which is now a free for all. My guy Matt Jones can't get over his fumbling woes. Uh, damn, you got Chris Thompson ended up with more touch, more carries last week than Matt Jones. Matt Jones had ten carries, uh, and then you got Thompson at twelve for seventy-three yards. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Kelly has almost as many carries as, as Matt Jones. That mofo has got a lot of the talent. He's got the brawn. He just doesn't have the smarts, and he, he can't hold on to the ball. So that's he, what that yeah it's, it's, he's, it's, it's he's an uber talented athlete, but you can't turn it over, especially when your coach is seen on the sideline saying, "Get that motherfucker out of the game." 
Like, that is never good when you hear your coach saying that after your second fumble of the day. You're done. You're done. Now, now can he get back in there? Uh, yeah, I think he can. I don't think this is the greatest matchup for him. We have seen Cincinnati been beat up by opposing running backs recently. Uh, you know, Ezekiel Elliott and others. You know, sort of since that stretch, they haven't been the greatest. So, it's a, it's a decent matchup, but if all three of these guys are going to get work between Robert Kelly and Chris Thompson, it, it's not great for anyone's overall appeal. I think, you know, Matt Jones is a flex play at best now because of just workload concerns due to fumbling. Don't you think Chris Thompson could seize that opportunity and if they if they do a lot of well, the dumps down to him? It depends what the opportunity is because he's 195 pounds. He's not going to be out there, you know, carrying the ball 20, 25 times, touching it. But if he's in the mix for eight touches and that are eight carries and then five catches, then yeah, I think he can do that job in sort of the James White sort of role, Gio Bernard type yeah. type action. You know, a third down back plus is probably the best you can see from Chris Thompson. But that makes him an interesting pickup this week. And still, even when. Uh, Matt Jones was having some okay weeks. I, there were a lot of moments where Chris Thompson was the goal line back. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because he was tired after bringing the team up up to the field, but that's something interesting, even with that slight figure, that he could be still the uh, goal line back. So let's let's move on to the other side of the ball. And uh, you want to do get a Val Verde? <laughs> nice. You, you channeled your inner dog Manica there. I like it. <laughs> Had to let it roar. Val <laughs> Verde. Oh, God. Dogmatic. I had a good chance to play some kickball. We got a championship this Saturday. Um, you got it or you won it last week? No, we, got get, we won last week. Uh, hung out with Dog. He had pitched a great game. We beat, a good, we beat the team we're going to probably play again in the championship this weekend. But uh, exciting times. Uh, hopefully we can uh, pull another. If we win the championship again this year, very fierce, very competitive, it'll be a four-peat. Four yeah. in a row. And that'll be... Five or six out of the last eight. The other three were won by the team that we beat last week and we'll probably be playing again. So when you're 43 years old and your ankles give out on you and you can't play basketball and you can't find anyone to play football with what you do and you still are a competitive putts, you go out and you play kickball. Fast pitch. You'll be there, youngsters. You guys are laughing right now. The the old curmudgeon D-Rex. But trust me, that's how you get your yayas out. Um, and for those of you youngsters that just play video games, get out of the house, play 60. <laughs> All right, let's go to the Bengals' best catch of the year for A.J. Green. Which that one? shit was sick. Which one? Are you talking about the Hail Mary? The Hail Mary. Are you talking about where his arm was pinned behind his back, streaking 48 yards down the sideline? He reaches one hand out and catches it, pulls it in, never touches the ball with the second hand. Because I think that one was more impressive. He's ridiculous, dude. I mean, when you're 6'4 and you're lanky, you can win Hail Marys. And Andy Dalton knows that. So the real story, we know who A.J. Green is. He's a top five receiver on a weekly basis. He's a guy you can't sit. And he's a guy you're not considering sitting this weekend, even if Josh Norman gets cleared from his concussion sort of protocol. They're smart enough to move him around. They know that he's the best weapon. You know, Rashad Breland also left that game with the injuries, so he's banged up, and he seems to be banged up on an every-other-week basis right now. This passing game should be able to do a lot of... I mean, I really like Cincinnati in this game. 
I mean, there's a lot to like. Jeremy Hill got rolling, averaged, what, 15 yards of carry on his nine totes. Uh, so Sitting against on the, the bench a lot for a lot of people. The uh, the Heat Index had him as a top five play. So hopefully you uh, listen to that. If not, shame, shame on you. Uh, other, yeah, shame. <laughs> other than that, uh, I, I mean, I like Gio Bernard. I'm even starting to like Brandon Wolfell. It hurts me to say, <laughs> but the numbers he's producing in that second role, we'll see if it changes now. Now that they're saying Tyler Eifert's going to be out there for more than just leverage plays, which are basically third down red zone opportunities, they're going to work him in more this week. Played 15 snaps this week, so maybe that doubles to 30. So he's at nearly 50% of the snaps. We'll see if LaFell's sort of impact on the target share starts to change. But it, it doesn't have to because there's been legitimate targets going to guys like C.J. Azuma and Tyler Croft throughout these last couple of games that Tyler Eifert can take it away from. Do you think um, Eifert gets a lot more play this week? What are your expectations? I, I expect 30 or so snaps. Uh, he got a couple targets. He got you know some red zone work. I definitely think he will be involved. I think this game's got some shootout capabilities. But after last week, sort of the Detroit-Washington matchup, that didn't shoot out. Maybe not. This this one's one of those deceptive games where it could either be a shootout or it could be a high or a low scoring sort of defensive battle. And I don't think there's really an in between. But I sort of like the offenses on both sides and how they match up against each other. So we'll get to see you know Jeremy Hill running up against Washington, who's been gashed in the run game, especially by you know big backs. So. He's a guy I really like in sort of DFS plays and season-long leagues. I think he's a solid play again after last week. Definitely like A.J. Green. Brandon LaFell, I think he's you know a wide receiver three this week because of all, all the bye weeks, you know all the other injuries across different positions. Wide receiver three flex play for Brandon LaFell. Hurts me, pains me to say it. But he's just been scoring touchdowns. You know, getting yardage, consistently getting targeted. So everything you wanted from Brandon LaFell last season, you're getting out of him this season with Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's also a real good play. Again this week, he's quietly a top five quarterback. But he's has- still available on some ways in some ways on waiver wire. So if you're thinking that again, going back to that bye week thing where a lot of teams are on bye week this week. Look at next week and the next two weeks. A lot of teams are out. A lot of high-powered offenses are on bye next week. So if you're sitting there and you, you need to go get a quarterback, look and see if LaFell is out there. There's a lot of other players, as we know. Uh, so be, be, foreshadow, make some of those moves now so that you aren't stuck in a waiver wire next week when you need them uh, and you might not get them because people are in the same situation. Yeah, but quietly. Step ahead of the game, baby. Step ahead of the game. <laughs> uh, I think we're good on that game. Yeah, just a couple. One more thing about yep. Dalton. Basically, he's got the fewest uh, touchdown passes of any sort of top twelve player. So if you're expecting some TD regression or top twelve quarterback, so he's got the fewest touchdown passes there. If you're expecting some TD regression, it should be coming for you soon. Uh, I think this week's a great week to play him. They're actually on bye next week. So, 
you know, pick them up this week, and then you can do what you need to do with them after that. If you're getting one of your guys back uh, next weekend, like a Ben Roethlisberger, you, you can maybe let Andy Dalton go back into the ether or try to trade him because, you know, you look at those numbers and you're quietly surprised about how good he's been again this season. I'm going to just say one thing. He is handsome. He's a good Everyone makes fun of him and calls him ginger. At these post-game press conferences, he is a handsome guy. His hair looks good. I mean, I don't care. Call me whatever you want, but good job. Andy's maybe, really maybe, maybe Andy Dalton will call you up. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'll, I, hey, I'll take, I'll take a date with you, buddy. Um, yeah, now, honestly, all kidding aside, good job, buddy. Uh, keep it up. That team's fun as hell, and oh, man, uh, AJ Green is something else. All right, let's move to the first of the early games. But before we do that, let's listen to this. Um, on Sunday, and that's the Chiefs at the Colts. Woo, this one actually, uh, hopefully, will be a uh, will be a good time. You got the the the. The Colts are actually a good play for Alex Smith, the guy that I know you've been talking about um, and liking a bit on, on, on Twitter. Um, Colts are letting uh, giving up 19 points per game to QBs, so um, you know that, that that's sitting pretty for Smith. I don't know exactly where um, you know Luck is sitting at, at quarterback, but I think it's got to be top three, two. He's sitting at number two. Come eking, creeping, creeping, creeping up on Matt Ryan. Uh, luck. I don't know why people hated him in drafts coming in all offseason. I just I just think he's going to be the number one guy. If Breeze isn't, where Breeze is on pace to outdo Breeze's own Breezeness. Uh, but <laughs> Andrew Luck, if, if he, imagine he's doing all this without Amon Creep, who they're saying is going to start practicing next week? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, jeez. But he's not playing this week, is he? This week. He's playing? <laughs> it sounds like Dante Moncrief could be back this week after getting in practice tomorrow. Probably limited practices for the rest of the week. They're just so depleted at wide receiver with a bye coming up for them uh, in the next few weeks. I think you got to get Dante Moncrief out there, back acclimated in this offense oh. for a stretch run. I mean, they're just so depleted of weapons that you need a guy of his ilk back in the lineup. I think this could be the week to do it. And going up against this defense, you know, it could be good things, especially if Marcus Peters is on T.Y. Hilton more often than not. We shall see. And I'm sorry, we're bu- let's just stick with the Colts. Sorry, we usually go with the visitor first, but I got I get so excited with the Colts a little bit and <laughs> the fact that Luck is my guy and he's doing it with such a depleted um it's when you got when you got Doyle is is uh, Dude, Doyle Jack Doyle's Doyle. legit. He's he's legit. <laughs> let's be honest. Doyle is legit. Pick that guy up if you're if you if you got a shitty tight end situation or one of your guys is upcoming on a bye. Doyle's legit. I don't know when Allen's, uh, Dwayne Allen's coming back, but it really doesn't matter because uh, it's almost it, Doyle's become Andrew Luck's Heath Miller, yeah. and he's willing to go for. He's almost like in some plays a running back where they're really they're just kind of forcing the ball to him on a dunk, and a Doyle catches everything that's around him, and he just kind of either catches it and leans back and gets more yards, or I, I, I'm liking old Doyle. I mean, the thing about Doyle is he's got four top 12 weeks already out of seven games. Even when he's not the top guy, he's a main target in the red zone. But now that you've seen him sort of doing it in a more exclusive role, 
over a Dwayne Allen. I think you know this could be where Dwayne Allen goes back to being an overpaid, you know, backup tight end where he just blocks people, and that that's fine. But that's what he is. Yeah, we I mean, talked about it this offseason. Everyone thought all of a sudden he's going to change, and I wasn't buying into it. I was higher on him his first couple years than anybody. He's just never going to be an electric receiver. It's just not what he does. He's 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 more of like that Fedorowitz or whatever that the Houdini likes to talk about. He's a blocker that can make some catches. Yep. He's not a catcher that's got that's uh, that's. But I don't think Jack Doyle by. is exactly a catcher, anyways. I I agree. I but agree. He he's a little bit more of a catcher, more natural. Like you just don't see these drops that from Doyle that you see out of Dwayne Allen. Yeah. But yeah, Moncrief's back. You know, you could definitely. I can't believe that. That is so exciting. You could definitely play him as sort of a wide receiver three flex play. You know, just temporary expectations. He's going to be rusty. He's been out a few weeks, but yeah, I think he's an interesting play uh, against this KC team. Ty Hilton. I mean, that guy is just ridiculous. I mean, the things he's doing at wide receiver. I was so high on him, and I just didn't get him anywhere. Yeah. Just the point I picked him, picked in drafts. It's like I, I should have legitimately just spent a second round pick on T.Y. Hilton, and I'd be so much happier. I was so high on him all offseason. I know. I, I think I still might have. Me or, you might have been a little higher, but I, I think I, me or you were the highest out of our pyro guys on him. But I started moving him down a little bit because of all the Moncrief love, and I was like, luck realized you got to spread around him, but. But why? <laughs> but why? He's just, he's just too good. And, but the separation that he's able to give is truly um, – it's more impressive than what – it's it's Deshaun Jackson-esque, but it's better because he's younger and he's able to do it. Uh, he's just – He just yeah. runs we so said, many more routes than Deshaun, too. Absolutely. And now they're using him on even more routes. You know, they're allowing him to run the comebacks, run the quick hitches, run everything in the book. We yeah. said it. If, if, you, if NFL was a flag, was a touch football game or a flag football game, he would be the number one player. I remember saying it a number of times. He'd be the number one player in the NFL. You don't, he doesn't even get touched. So that's pretty awesome. Adam Vinatieri. We don't talk about kickers all that often. The friggin' oldest guy. He's the oldest player in the league, I think. Um, maybe yeah, he's pretty. Gotta be. He's got. He's got. He's the oldest. He's tied with Josh Lambeau. Which is, uh, I like the way that Lambo's, uh, Lambo's like, I'm not even sad. Um, <laughs> but Vinatieri tied with 72 points uh, on her pyro scoring system for the number one kicker. That motherfucker is just never, never going to go away. I've got him paired up with Luck in a league. That's pretty excellent. Oh. So you get all those sort of little extra points. I tried to do that last year and it blew up my face. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, everybody has off weeks, but since that week, I don't think he's missed a kick, uh, a field goal, you know, in that time. So that's interesting. Let's talk about Frank Gore a little bit, and then we can hop on back to the visitor side. So Frank Gore, consistent, going to get you 80, 90, 100 total yards, maybe a touchdown every week. That's just Frank Gore is. He's sort of that slow and steady force in the offense. That likes to go. I mean, they're going faster more often right now, and it's really, really helping. They're going to need to do that against KC's defense, who, you know, over the last couple weeks has made more pressure, get attacking more often, and so I'm excited to see what Frank Gore's slow and steady, you know, sort of balance brings to the fast-paced, lead foot of an Andrew Luck. And we also know, and this always helps. 
last week, just saying, saying, just hey, let's pick it up. I didn't come here for this bullshit. And whenever you do that, you start getting more opportunities, and you start kind of, uh, you know, getting getting more fantasy um, touches. So yeah, Gore, good times. Let's look to that other side, Chiefs. Um, you know, it looks like Spencer Ware is is is, is here to stay. It's, it's it's going to be hard to see Jamal Charles. Even in a week, two weeks, five weeks, when he's when he's 100, there's no way that all of a sudden they're just gonna say, "Okay, Spencer Ware, you're sitting down. You're, you're only gonna we're gonna relegate you to eight eight touches." Um, this is going to be uh, Spencer Ware is. Our, what do you think? Is he an RB one or an RB two this even, week? He's our. I think he's our RB one, isn't he? Yeah, he is very, very good to play. The heat index, he's our graphic. He's our header graphic, and I don't always do it based on the number one guy, but in our pyro power, uh, pyro, pyro player rankings, the heat index, uh, check out pyromaniac.com and go to our player rankings. Hook that stuff up, but he's number one this week, and uh, yeah, good, good playing. Does that just mean, what's... I mean, Jamal Charles, I don't know if they're going to play him this week. This is something we're going to have to see. He got late week MRIs after some swelling developed. That's right. So that's, so that's very you know discouraging. Right now, they don't necessarily need him. Spencer Ware is doing everything that he did. He's younger. He's cheaper. Everything you know you want when you're looking to move on from a running back is a lot of replacement. It's sort of how it happens. And... You know, that just means bad things for Jamal Charles' overall workload for the rest of the season. Do I think he'll be back at some point? Yeah, I do. But I think he's going to be more of a change of pace back, maybe a change of pace back plus, you know, maybe they're 60-40 Spencer Ware. And, you know, Sharkandrick West is nowhere to be found. But Sharkandrick West played more snaps, played ahead of Jamal Charles. So there's nothing great there for Charles right now. So if you own him... You just gotta bench him until you see more, until you hear you know good reports that he's gonna be back out there in at least a meaningful capacity. Yep. But the thing is, the reports were Sunday were, oh, Jamal Charles is limited. Okay, Jamal Charles is very limited. What the fuck is the difference? I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. Yeah. Like so. I try to trade for Jamal Charles, and I try and keep. Uh, I talk about our, my leagues. You never do. I'm sorry listeners, but trying to make a trade for him about four weeks ago. The guy denied me. Thank you. Thank you for denying that trade. I gave him a whole... I was trying to give a slew of him, thinking that Jamal was going to come back. Thank you for denying that. And our, uh, as you say, Spencer Ware being a great play this week, the Colts uh, are the third worst, allowing 24.8 points for uh, running backs. Um, in fantasy football, and uh, when I give out some of those numbers, it's one of Stag's great pieces. The Pyro Power Rankings uh, comes out every week. We have the uh, each week shows the season-long uh, fantasy points allowed per game uh, to each position: the quarterback, the running back, the wide receiver, tight end, defense, and they go to kicker. And then we also show the uh, points scored per game. Um, uh, for the offenses as well as in that, and then there's a differential. So check out that piece. I, we promote that each week. It's it's a go-to for me and a lot of other people. Uh, awesome way to see who the guys on your bench and who your starters are going up against as far as defenses, and also to see where they stand on their offenses as fantasy scorers as well. So um, that's an awesome one. Jarkandrick West. 
Is uh, Mr. West just kind of an afterthought at this point? Yeah, West is an afterthought, just like many other players on this team right now, unfortunately. Uh, Jeremy Macklin's just been getting the four to six targets a week and hasn't been doing really much. But and, and you look at the Colts and you think they've given up a ton of passing yards, but they just haven't given it up to opposing wide receivers. Uh, they're doing very well defending that position, surprisingly, but I think it's mostly because they get torched by tight ends. So it's great for Travis Kelsey this week. Uh, he's got to get back going. Yeah, he's heading in the wrong direction. The thing is, this is a game I don't think where Kansas City can just get up early and put the brakes on because we saw, I think they did that in a playoff game a couple of years ago against Andrew Luck, and Andrew Luck brought him down from like four scores and had won the game in, in the playoffs. Remember that one? Luck is the best second-half quarterback. Him and Stafford are by far, they're on a different level of second-half quarterbacking. If Luck can just start playing good in the first half, he's on another level, but he just... They just they shoot themselves in the foot. I agree with you. You've got to be scared anytime Andrew Luck and the Colts are playing your team, um, whether it's real football or fantasy. That guy just all of a sudden gets going when 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 he's when the pressure's. It's not even when the pressure's on. It's almost like for him, it's like we're losing so bad the pressure's off that he's able to just go nuts. So. Kelsey, turn it around. Come on, buddy. Right now, Kelsey's ranked number 12 uh, tight end, and that's crazy because I think he was number two or three for the first few games of the season. Started out pretty good, and um, come on, man. Stop worrying about the dating Travis Kelsey and start worrying about catching and getting in the end zone. Uh, just want to give a quick shout-out. Obviously, we're not doing any sound bites. Houdini is here, and me and Staggs, we're going to do some Harry Carey uh, sound bites because the... Cubbies are in the World Series, and that starts tonight, and that's friggin' awesome, but we just figured, screw it, there's, we've already got enough on our plate, when it's a two-man show, there's not much downtime, uh, so we didn't do any of those, the opening music was the Nine Inch Nails, not the Nine Inch Nails, N-I-N, and the, it's, uh, the Hand That Feeds is the uh, was the opener song, and the closer will be Beside You in Time, and that's uh, off the album with Teeth. Even for those of you that aren't huge Nine Inch Nails fans, that album has got much more of a melodic kind of feel to it. If you don't like Nine Inch Nails, but you like melodic and awesome albums, give that one a shot. It is so much different almost than, uh, than anything else Nine Inch Nails has done. I almost say that every, every track on that one's unbelievable. So I think you'll enjoy the closer as well. Let's move on to the Cardinals at the Panthers. Two teams that are... Um, Jesus, supposed to be the best around in the NFC. And, You're uh, the best around. And uh, the Cardinals coming off a, an atrocious loss. So let's just start with, with no, that. Atrocious tie. A t- atrocious <laughs> tie. Good point. But it felt like a loss. And to be honest, I'm going to put this tie. I'm putting that tie on Arians. You take that, that, that time out away from... Well, I'm putting it on... The kicker as well as Aaron. <laughs> okay. The, the, and I had the kicker and lost by three points. Sorry, talking about my teams. Lost by three points in one league. Had only him to go. Jesus fucking Christ. I can't even Would you like it. to Houdini bitch slap him? Oh, my God. Does that make you feel better? Oh, my God. That's the league I've got a partner in. We texted, He texted me the next morning. He's like, we are dropping Caston Zero or whatever the fuck that guy's name is this week. And we're picking up another kicker. I said, Okay. I don't care who it is. I don't care who the flock it is. It can be the 
18th ranked kicker. We're getting that putz off our team. But when, he, when you're using, and, and it was a bullshit call when, when Wagner jumped over and, and hit the guys back. But you've got to know as a head coach, it's know your know your league, know your team, know the rules of the NFL. If you're a head coach, you're one of 32, you had the most elite position in the, the, the biggest sport in the world on one of the top five teams in the league. You have to know that you can't challenge a play when it's not challengeable. And that costs them a field goal opportunity as well as some mismanagement and not playing, making throws on the sideline. And I think that cost them the game, really. When they did not score at halftime to go in, you probably would have missed it anyways with that chip box game that he was playing. But that is just bad coaching. And I love myself some Arians. I, I do. I love that guy. I love his energy. But that was just, it was, it was poor. Sorry. Went on a little rant. <laughs> Hurt my feelings. Took me to five and two. <laughs> so... Cardinals versus the Panthers. Panthers at home off a of bye week. They they've been a lot better at home so far this season than they have been on the road, uh, especially against opposing quarterbacks. So I don't really want to play any Carson Palmer, especially out of what I've seen. All the touchdowns are running through David Johnson. He's getting at least one or two opportunities. You know, at the goal line every time. So Palmer's not throwing any of those touchdown passes. You know, Jared Brown now out for the season with the torn ACL. John Brown still with that sickle cell condition that's causing some, you know, hamstring pain. Well, we don't know if he'll be back. But it's crazy how much sickle cell we're hearing this year, right? Yeah, yeah. What is that? What, do you know what much of what? I, that, that's our new. Uh, what was the, what was the uh, horse? Uh, the the, um, the list Frank. Yeah, that's our new list Frank. Right? We got to do a little research on what the sickle cell is. No, no, uh, but <laughs> no, no. Bless Kenny Mills. <laughs> K Mills, what's up, buddy? K Mills, injury report, my bro. So that comes out every Saturday. But getting back to it, David Johnson. The must-play, Larry Larry Fitzgerald, you know, wide receiver two on a weekly basis, playing in the slot. He's avoiding all the top coverage pretty much on a weekly basis, and it's great for him. He avoided Richard Sherman. You know, he's going to be able to do it against anybody, but softer corners are better for Larry Fitzgerald. He's dominating. Michael Floyd is frustrating, playing less snaps last week than a J.J. Nelson. Mm. So... We'll see if that continues. But with all these other injuries, you got to think now's if Michael Floyd's been dropped, it's time to make a speculative ad, you know, just for later down the season. Then he just figures it out again. It, it's definitely something that could happen. They're going to have to throw it a little bit more. They can't, you know, run David Johnson into the ground and expect to have a winning record and win in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately for all you David Johnson owners. But I'm sure you'd like a little less work, too. Um, you know, increase his efficiency. God, he's so fucking good. David Johnson is on pace for the most fantasy points since 2009. Like, since the Chris Johnson blow-up season. And he's doing it through the air. He's doing it on the ground. He's just doing it. When you play, when you're playing, I don't have any shares of him in any leagues. When you're playing against Scott them. Scott in the Scott Fish, we got him. Uh, when you're playing against him, it really blows. <laughs> because every time, he just t- the touches, 
our targets and looks are just out the wazoo. And that guy's, it's been said widely over the, since going back to the summer, this guy's got, can catch the ball like Marshall Falk because he's, uh, was a receiver and God damn, is he so fucking good? Could you imagine the, the great story about that is the fact that the Cardinals were trying to get Amir Abdullah and he was taken before they picked? Could you imagine? I mean, what that just shows you just sometimes the worst thing that can happen to you can be the best thing that can happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the better non happenings for them. So I think we've hit up all these guys. Yep. You don't want to play a Carson Palmer. You know, their tight ends are worthless. Dave Johnson's the man. Let's flip over to the Carolina Panthers coming off a of bye week. Another week healthier for Jonathan Stewart. Another week healthier for Cam Newton off a of concussion. So I expect this offense to get going a little bit. Let's Against remember, this defense, you do? They scored 49 points the last time these really? teams played. Was that, that, was in the, that was the championship game last year? Yeah. 49, they just took it to them. They were able to run didn't, the ball. Didn't, what's it, didn't Palmer have three or four interceptions though in that game? Yeah, yeah. Palmer was awful. <laughs> I, I don't know if I don't know if that's I don't even know if he's gonna be allowed to throw enough to throw that many interceptions. But I, I don't want to play Palmer. But Cam Newton, I think you own Cam Newton. He's coming off a bye. Right. You sort of gotta play him. Yeah. He's a top. You know, five, ten option. Just don't expect the world. The, this defense, Cam Newton's not going to be gun shot. And he's not going to be afraid to run like Russell Wilson was. Yep. There was op- plenty of opportunities for Russell Wilson to get out of the pocket and gain major, major yardage with his legs. And he just wasn't ab- physically able to. Cam Newton is physically able, and he should run a lot. Because that's something that the Arizona Cardinals have been susceptible to, you know, over the last three or four seasons, you know, with this sort of coaching staff. I think Cam Newton will do fine. Let's see. The only I don't really love Kelvin Benjamin this week, but there's not many better options. I think he's more of a wide receiver three than a you know pristine play this week because of Patrick Peterson. Other guys, I think Ted Ginn got open for a deep one in that playoff game, if I remember correctly. Well, uh, to go to that top positional weeks piece that we posted today for um, through week seven, Greg Olson, only player in any position uh, that is 100%. Obviously, they're coming off the bye, so he's not 7-for-7, seven seven, but he's 6-for-6 six six in games played, uh, being a top 12 guy. Greg Olson, total beast. Pretty sure he's the number one tight end in in fantasy football, yep. even with his bye week. So, uh, obviously playing him and happy as hell about it. Yeah, um, Olsen had 113 receiving yards against Arizona in that last matchup. I mean, all these guys are sort of he's got 60 targets. I guess Pitt has got 57, yeah. uh, but. It, he's basically just shattering everyone else as far as targets go. I mean, you know, Ty, at, tight end has been ugly this season. God, it is crazy. ridiculous how bad that position has been. I mean, they, to, to give you a little bit of uh, insider into into what Reed is a target machine, forty six. But he, he's played in what four games? Yeah, now? he's yeah. That's a good point. Uh, Kelsey's down at thirty five. So. 
Anyway, you're obviously playing Olsen. He's already got 73 fantasy points. He's got 600 yards. Guy is good, and he's going to keep on being good because it's it just it's, it seems like this is Tom Brady uh, in his young career. They need to get more talent around this dude. There's just he doesn't have enough weaponry. I mean, it's all it's all camp. In some cases, yeah. I mean, I think the weapons around him are good. I just don't think right now that they have time to throw the ball, and he's just getting walloped. So this offensive line needs a complete sort of reboot. Without that, it's going to be tough for him to get the ball to any of these receivers. And Cam Newton's just got to be more accurate when he actually does throw the ball. So that's all I really got. I think you play all your, you know, I think you play all of your players from the Panthers. If you're a Jay Stu owner, you play him. If you're a Kelvin Benjamin owner, you play him. If you're a Greg Olson owner, you play him. And if you're a Cam Newton owner, you play him. And all these ancillary pieces, you know, you let fall to the wayside. I love it, Stags. It's just you and I. We're both like, yeah, we're going to be able to breeze through this one. We won't, we'll only be two of us. we got to get this Cubs game, and we're going slow. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next game, and let's kind of we'll cruise through the next couple games so we can get caught up. So, um, But we got the, the Raiders at the Buccaneers. Uh, let's start with the Raiders. Damn, Crabtree's El Fuego. That guy is um, doing it up, obviously, with the tough schedule of the car came into the season having, and he's still lighting it up and, and, and making magic. He's number seven, I think, um, quarterback right now for fantasy owners. and Just getting it done on a weekly basis. You can count on yards, you can count on touchdowns, and you can count on that guy making plays. And I test, it's fun as hell to watch. So he's got, the, at his disposal, he's got either a Crabtree week or a, um, a, a Cooper week. But right now, it's looking like Crabtree is one of those um, ROI gems, uh, number seven wide receiver. Yeah, what you're a little bit concerned about with Carr is he's averaging just 220 passing yards a game, and sometimes they're just putting the shackles on him when they could just be flat out you know, running up the score and just de- demolishing teams. They're sort of choosing not to do that. And they're like, all right, let, let's throttle down and, you know, yep. Latavius Murray four yards, Latavius Murray four yards, DeAndre Washington two yards. And it's like, okay, there's that. And then it's the same thing over and over. And he's just not getting a massive amount of passing attempts. Uh, so the overall volume scares you a little bit about Carr, especially when a schedule will get tougher. We've got to remember that they've still got to play the Chiefs again twice. They've got to play these Broncos again twice. But luckily, you know, the Chargers have their depleted secondary that they have to play, you know, twice. There, there's a lot of tough matchups on the horizon for this guy. I think if you could sell high on Derek Carr and get something you know, very valuable back in return, I might do that right now. Playing in the division is where he sort of struggles, especially in that second game around where they can get looks at him. So I don't have high aspirations. I don't think he's going to keep ascending throughout the season. But talking about other players on this team now, Latavius Murray, we saw him get back in the lineup. And when he got back, we saw that he was basically the RB1 again because these other guys, when he was not there, didn't do anything to separate themselves, didn't do anything to prove themselves worthy. 
And that just reaffirmed that they needed, you know, Latavius Murray out there in yeah. the lineup. They needed his explosiveness. And it might not be the 90-yard runs. Remember that game on a Thursday night? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We, we do. We remember it well. But it's like that's like the old, the old, and I do it too. But it's like the old grandpa. Remember that time? <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's not breaking the ninety-yard gains, but he is still being explosive on the three and four-yard gains, mm-hmm. where these other players are getting tackled for, you know, loss. And, and that's I like him as a buy-low candidate. If you're looking for a guy that you can come in and, and make a trade for, there's something that tells me, even though, you, like you said, you got, they got a few tough matchups coming up, there's something that I, 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 at this point, I'm liking him a little bit as a buy-low candidate. I mean, I think after that two-week injury and then he scored another touchdown, you look at his no- overall rushing numbers, and they're not that impressive, especially you look at that gross number of touches he got last season that he's not going to get again this season. So I, I think you could you know buy him low. Yeah. Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, Sardo, Sardo, pretty easily. Clive Holford, you know, not even on fantasy consideration right yeah. now. Riviera, yeah. Rivera had a better game than him last week, so I say we move on. Yeah, let's go to the, the bu- let's go to the Buccaneers. Obviously, a big week last week for Winston. I think Winston is our number two or three ranked quarterback this yeah. week in the Pyro Heat Index. Um, he's gonna do some uh, some nice damage against the Raiders uh, defense that. Is, is, is playing much better, obviously, but still, let's remember they were they, they, their first two games of the season led up 500 yards, and is Winston still on pace to like break records on how many uh, passing attempts he's gonna take, or did that is that calmed down? No, that's calmed down a little bit. We've seen a lot more of Quiz Rogers uh, on that Monday night game. Then we also saw Peyton Barber get involved this past week and look very explosive. Anton Smith look explosive and limited touches as always. Is Barber going to be able to keep doing it or is that just fluke play? I mean, in a rookie, in a, in a, in a rookie league, I think it's more of a fluke. I think he'll be more of the change of pace back. I think he's more five to seven touches on a weekly basis. And I doubt he's able to be that, sort of dynamic in the open field and explosive on a consistent basis. So, I mean, just looking at it, Jameis Winston, very good play this week. Uh, the overall number of opportunities should be there for Jameis. The overall number of opportunities are going to be there for Mike Evans. Mike Evans is hell of consistent right now. He's catching touchdowns. He's doing He's putting his rookie season together with his sophomore season in terms of volume, and he, he is just dominating. He's a top-five receiver, and there's like very, very few receivers I would want over Mike Evans for the rest of the season. We also saw Russell Shepard come in and sort of be that number two target in terms of efficiency, and Russell Shepard's an interesting guy. This is a High school, all-American, all-Army game. We saw him play there. He was quarterback back then, then went to LSU, sort of mixed around, ended up at receiver eventually after playing a lot of quarterback. He's a dynamic athlete, though. Made some big plays. Still playing behind a guy like Cecil Shorts, though, so that's a little bit concerning. Cameron Bright didn't have a great game. 
Kim Wright reminds me of Jack Doyle, but I just don't think Jameis is on that same level as Andrew Luck. I, I really like this team going up against the Raiders, though. They should be able to do whatever they want. Let's Inclu- move on including, to the including Jaquiz Rogers, who's well, you know, got, gotten involved heavily. Picked him up in two leagues, started him last week. Got the guy's just target machine. So, how uh, good question there is, is, is Doug Martin. There is no, no timetable for Doug Martin. Is so that? He just re injured. Last week, he just re injured. Apparently, it was before the uh, Monday night game, he re injured himself, <laughs> which would have been like two weeks off. So. It, it could be there's not much you know sort of chatter on this week so it could still be another couple of weeks unfortunately sorry uh, solid nine let's move on to the next game Seahawks at the Saints but before we do that let's keep the lights on this is one of those where it's a strength versus strength sort of matchup you know Seahawks on defense versus the Saints on offense, and then on the flip side, weakness versus weakness, because that offense for the Seahawks has not looked good on a consistent basis, and actually, the Saints' defense is starting to look a little bit better. Mm. Week by week, they're looking a little bit better. But Why do you think the Seahawks' offense does look so stagnant? Is it, is it the it's inability? Can't, move. Can't, can't, can't run? Russell can't move. So, you know, all of these zone read fakes that they run, no one has to, you know, legitimately think that Russell Wilson is moving and running with the ball. He's not holding the backside end. And it's just basic football. When you don't have the threat of running from the quarterback, you can sell out to get after that running back. They're doing that. You definitely saw the Arizona Cardinals do that on that Sunday night matchup. No respect for the run game of Russell Wilson right now. We'll have to see if just you know getting some limited practices in and you know sort of taking time to rest on a weekly basis. We we need to see Russell Wilson get right because when he's right, there are a few quarterbacks better and able to do the things that he can do. But right now. You know, even in what should be a nice cake matchup, how solidly are you like, ooh, I have to play Russell Wilson this week? Sounds like uh, a couple of the chicks I talked to on Tinder. I'm looking for Mr. Right, not Mr. Right now. Saturday. <laughs> All right, let's uh, so let's talk about the other pieces. Christine Michael should be in for a huge week against New Orleans. I mean, we saw what Spencer Ware did. We've seen what running backs have been able to do against them all season long. So, definitely playing Christine Michael. Thomas Rawls getting closer and closer to playing. Could be another week or two back for him. Carroll said two weeks away from him coming back. But even if he comes back, I I don't know what his workload's going to be for the rest of the season. Being a younger guy... You know, Christy Michael performing better than expected. So I, I just don't know if he's going to be more than that change of pace back. We saw sort of C.J. Procise get get the call over C.J. Spiller. You know, saw some of that receiving ability that we you know heard so much about. But this, this I think this is a Christy Michael game. C.J. Procise still remain on you know the ether should remain on benches, ether. but. Definitely getting some fantasy consideration now that he's back and healthy. Doug Baldwin, you know, 
Um, not much to say on Doug Baldwin. I mean, he's getting some targets and he's scoring here and there, but there's just nothing dynamic. I mean, he's more of a wide receiver two than he is a one, and we we were preaching that all offseason long. Like things weren't going to be the same, no matter how you sliced it. Tyler Lockett just isn't involved. Jermaine Curse not fantasy relevant. Mediocrity central. The rest of these guys, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham was probably one of the best plays of the week just yep. because the Saints haven't given up to opposing tight ends. Other than that, let's flip it over to the Saints because if I talk about this offensive yeah, line go. imploding, You're... it's literally going to hurt me. Yeah, no, let's go. Let's go to the Saints. Drew, Mr. 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 Drew Brees and Fuegs. Uh, the guy is um, on pace to break his own Record of uh, what, like five thousand five hundred yards ish, um, but yeah, Breeze looking looking pretty. And the most important thing is that he's just delivering that ball all around. And you got the rookie last week having what ten catches uh, in in Michael Thomas. I think what you tweeted the other day, he's already got more. Yards that he did last year um, in as in a senior year is, is, at Ohio State, Fleener it looked like he made a couple boneheaded plays, one of which resulted in a uh, interception. But all around, in all honesty, when you've got Ingram's not looking so sweet himself, he's kind of never. He's always going to be Mister Whatever, just kind of bringing bringing the consistency a bit, but. He's just not bringing it up on a weekly basis that to warrant where he, he kind of got drafted. Right now, Ingram's 22nd ranked running back, and he's just he's only got 333 yards. He's only got one TD. The, the, the thing he's got two TDs through the air, but he's not catching nearly as. I guess he's doing pretty good actually on the catch on actual receptions. He's actually doing better on receptions than running, but Ingram's kind of become. He's kind of becoming. Uh, He's like Frank Gore. Just, yeah, just if you didn't pay, like if you look at the players side by side, and you don't really look at the names, and you see they end up with eighty total yards and a touchdown, you know, or a touchdown every other week. It's sort of between Ingram and Frank Gore, except unfortunately you had to draft Ingram in the third, fourth round, oh, yeah. and you had to get what Frank in the sixth, seventh round in some leagues, probably later in other leagues. That just befuddles me. But yeah. The thing is with Drew Brees, he's spreading the ball around so much. Some weeks it's a Fleener week, some weeks it's a Michael Thomas week. And yeah, Brandon Cooks is always going to be there as their deep shot guy. But the rest of these guys, you know, mixing and matching with them is going to be tough on a weekly basis. Sneed, very involved. Thomas involved. You know, Fleener involved, Josh Hill playing nearly as many snaps as a Fleener as of late, Mm. just not getting those targets. You know, their passing backs are always going to be involved. But this is a game where it should be tough. I mean, you look at the fantasy points allowed by the Seahawks, and it's like always near the top, and they're always near the top in just regular points allowed. So you don't expect a high-scoring matchup. But this game's in the Superdome. We know what's the... You know, we know what they can do at home on the fast track turf. So, I just temper my expectations and still play the Saints. Especially with so many teams on by and 
you might not get the explosiveness out of them every game, but I think, think you'll still get slow and steady performances out of each and every one of them on a weekly basis. Well, Drew Brees leads, the, leads all quarterbacks in touchdowns thrown. I think he's second in yards to Matt Ryan. And with it, one last game. <laughs> yeah, and with one last game, he's catching up quite fast. Uh, so, Drew Brees right now is looking almost like he might have his best fantasy season that he's ever had. And this is a man that's thrown, what, three 5,000-yard seasons and is uh, almost a lock for the last eight, eight or so seasons to be a top-five quarterback. Could be his best one yet. Him and he's he's an ageless wonder. He's going to have a tough, tough time repeating one of those seasons. So one of those seasons, he was ridiculous. Uh, threw for 5,476 5, yards and 46 TDs. Oh. But this season definitely is in the running. And to say that is insane. It's insane. I mean, you know, even when you're looking at should you draft Drew Brees or Ben Roethlisberger, I mean... I campaign for Drew Brees so hard, and it's looking good right now. I mean, despite the injury, Roethlisberger had a great start to the season, man. That yep. guy was firing on all yep. cylinders. But Drew Brees was still making him look like a fool. <laughs> Drew, but, uh, Drew Brees, oh just, my gosh, the, the touch that he's got, just how about the just, touch on that throw to Brandon Cooks? Like, yeah, that, that, that's not even fair. That's a cheat code, like. It's like, here, I just handed this ball off to you from 30 yards away with the, def- with the defender right in front of you. Bucket. Bucket. It was, it was, like, it was like a nice little, it was like, it was like a nine iron. <laughs> yep. Nine iron just chunked right hole in one. <laughs> They're not hole in one. A nice, nice off the, off, out of the sand, whatever. I'm, obviously, I'm not a golfer. <laughs> I'm a kickball player. Sweet, sweet life. So I'm a kickball as, player. I mean, as, I pick, as I pick my nose, like, why don't you like Booger from uh, Revenge of the Earth? Why don't chicks dig me? <laughs> <laughs> I posted a great picture on Twitter today. Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one AC. We kill it there. If you're not on Twitter, you got to do that. It's a fantasy football tool like no other. But I posted a picture today. Did you see it of Gary Player and Yao Ming? Oh, my God. It looked like it was like a, a lens kind of like differential, but this is a 5'7 guy. A seven, what is he, 7'6 or something? Ridiculous. That was just the craziest picture. I was like, So that's how that? I would look standing next to Yao Ming. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Remind uh, me never to do that. <laughs> yeah, never. I never want to stand next to him either. Uh, to go back, the last thing we'll say, remember the Derek Henry picture where he was standing next to Mark Ingram oh, yeah. uh, last year in the uh, in, during the offseason. It was Somewhat similar. All right, I think we can go to uh, the next game. Let's go to the Lions at the Texans. Start with the Lions. As you've been saying all along, we'll just start with uh, Baldwin and go uh, Baldwin and go backwards. Huge, huge play um, for him. Baldwin's basically a tight end at this point. Just the, the goal, the goal line action he gets. He's basically Eric Ebron. Um, Stafford is Enfuegs. Um, just making stuff happen. He's got 15 touchdowns, which is one of the higher up there. Yards are a little bit lower, but just Stafford probably in his best year ever. Something that I think you, maybe Houdini, had suggested would happen even with a Megatron retiring. Uh, Houdini led the train on that one, but I jumped on board real quick. Yeah, it's like his ability just to spread the ball around. Now he doesn't have to force it to, to Mega. Yeah, and his efficiency is way up. He's on, on pace to throw the second or the fewest passes 
of any 16-game season in his career, but is on pace to throw more touchdown passes, is on pace to do you know crazy things, not as many yards because not throwing as you know many passes in general. Yeah. But he. He's just getting the ball out to his receivers and letting his receivers do work. Marvin Jones, you know, Damn. made some big plays and then you know made What's some... Jones right now? Is Jones number two? He was or... two. He's down there a little bit more yeah, now. Yeah, six. Okay, so he, he's a, he's he was a... two last week. So, but he, he had after a, a, a Brown, Hilton, and an Evans moved in front of him. The thing with Very Marvin great. Jones is he's probably more of a wide receiver two on a weekly basis. But is that a bad thing? Like, he, he's a low-end one wide receiver, two on a weekly basis. Stop asking if you should start Marvin Jones yeah. and just start Marvin Jones. Stop. Hey, solid night. Start Melvin Gordon every goddamn week. We'll get there later. But start Melvin Gordon every goddamn week. And, and Mr. Handsome, stop asking us about defense. Yeah. <laughs> We love you. That's why we give you shit on the show. But uh, other other than that, man, Golden Tate had another pretty good week. Coming around. Coming around. The guy that's still probably on the waiver wire in some because he got dropped by a lot of people, including me. Happy. I'm not, I'm not going to go back and grab him because I'm pretty stocked at that position. But uh, you know, he's a guy that's still available in some leagues. And, and there's, no, there's no one better at Yak after the catch. He, did, he does lead the league in drop passes. He's got 15 drop passes. I did a tweet on Sunday. Larry Fitzgerald's got like 24 or 25 drop passes in his entire career. I don't think that includes any drops that he had this year. Golden Tate is 15 this year alone. So if this guy could just not have some of those drop passes, he would be doing a lot, lot better. Uh, but he's starting to make an, he's starting to make his way uh, upwards. And uh, Tate, a guy that was like out of, he's like 60, what, 8th or something we said last two weeks ago. Uh, at least now he's top 50, Golden Tate 43rd wide receiver right now. Yeah. But moving in the right direction. Last two weeks have been catapulted his previous uh, five. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think Golden Tate's an interesting start now on a weekly basis. Uh I mean, and they said, and they said they're, they've they've gone out and said the we gotta get this guy the ball. I mean, it, it's definitely true. They're better when he gets the ball against Houston. Houston's got some top corner, tough corners, but they all seem to be going down on a weekly basis. They're too slight, and a guy like Tate and Jones, a big dude. These, I loved seeing what they were doing. I was impressed by what I saw last night. But they just, they just aren't. Yeah, they, they don't. They seem to get roughed up every, every play. They're just too small. They're too slight. So we'll see. You know what happens at running back? That's going to be a big thing. Is Theo Riddick back? Um, and if so, how does everything else change with Theo Riddick back in? Is Dwayne Washington back? Like. Speaking on this backfield right now with the information we know, it's just, it's a crapshoot. I mean, if it's Zenner as the lead back and Forsett coming in for series, you know, the Zenner's going to be the guy who could potentially get a touchdown. Uh, Forsett's probably the guy who's going to get more catches. And Theo Riddick, you know, probably a running back too every time he plays because he could see the entire volume or he could see those, you know, just those passes his way. Yeah. But I think we can hit the other side. Let's go. Let's go to the Texans. Obviously, it was a, it was a 
tragedy of a night for um, broke asswiper last night. And maybe non-broke ass wiper. Uh, I'm coming home again. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm on my way. Like, thank God you're coming. We're about to destroy you. I mean, that was um, just not looking too good. I really like the guy. I do as a, as a guy, as a as a person, as a. I, I, I want him to succeed, but he's doing that whole. Check down. I mean, he just can't. Sometimes he looks scared to check down. I know, and, and that's he tries to throw. They, they even, they, you, you can see in their game plan. They're like, just chuck it. You got to go deep just to make them honest. But in the same way where you were mentioned with uh, Russell Wilson being able to run around, it's like none of those deep throws were, were even close on any opportunities. And last year he had the worst downfield percentage of any quarterback that had. had a bunch of opportunities. It started it's, off hot ever since. It's problematic. Um, you know, we don't need to talk about Brock because he's not playing. He's available on the waiver wire in every league. The thing is, Besides this is a great leagues. week for him to get off the schneid. Like, the, the Detroit Lions have allowed multiple touchdowns to yeah. every single quarterback they have played this season. Yeah. But I can't trust him. Like... I mean, but the, the Lions are giving up points like the Saints did yeah. last season to opposing quarterbacks. You think you could do it? I can't even do it in DFS. Not once. Not <laughs> once. Not one lineup I can put him in. Yep. Uh, so well, let's talk about let's talk about the the, the running back situation quickly. Uh, Miller banged up day to day. I'm not worried. You're not worried about him? Okay. No. Blue was looking great, and then he fumbled, and he was just like, "God damn it." I was he was playing out of his mind. I finally had an opportunity, did that fumble, back to me and my boy blue. Um, Hopkins, twelve targets. Hopkins, targets. you just have to look at Brock Osweiler and say, fucking Brock Osweiler. But this should be a good week for him. He even said going back that one play, you could see Brock on the sideline like, sorry man. But I'm gonna say one thing, and this is something we saw on the Twitter sphere. Richard Sherman and uh, Talib. How are these guys allowed? They hold every play. It is unbelievable. I mean, you just saw it. We saw Hopkins not getting great throws his way, but every time he's trying to come up and put his hands catch the ball, Talib's grabbing him, holding his arms down. It's it seems a little unfair. It to me, honestly, it's just like the, the rules seem a little skewed to him. I saw a tweet that um that that, that, that sat home. Rhodes. Every time Rhodes goes back and, and is defending a wide receiver, the same plays that Sherman and Tlaib are allowed to make, where they're all over these guys, grabbing their hands, grabbing their uniforms, he's getting pass interference calls on them, but those guys aren't. And I gotta say, I love the composure in what I saw out of uh, Hopkins, because instead of him complaining and lifting his arms up, you're like, what? How is that? He was just like, he went back and he's like, all right, they're going to call it this way. I, I'm going to be pushing to, I'm going to be pushing to. And I love that he's a baller that way. But at the end of the day, they got to figure, and again, this will be a much better opportunity than going up against a, a Tlaib. Just but, don't play any wide receivers against the Broncos. Just yeah, don't do it. Don't it's do not it. smart fantasy. Like, even if it's a stud, I don't care who it is. There has been, what, one player to break out against these Broncos this season? 
Yeah. That, that was week one, and then since then, they've shut down the likes of... I mean, maybe you could play Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger, but other than that, just don't do it. It's just not smart. Well, let's... I think we can move on from this. The only thing I'd say... What about Will Fuller? Will Fuller, do whatever you're going to do, but I'm going to close out with the a guy that retired uh, last night that is, you know... The only reason we won't be able to bring him up is because the Dolphins are on a bye week. But when you're done talking about Will Fuller, let's give a little. Yeah, we can go to we can go to Arian Foster. Arian Foster, man, that's one of my favorite players the last uh, seven eight years. Is he reminds me of and I'm gonna go old school. He's like the KRS one of 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 running backs. He's like the smartest, intelligent. Like I just he was like just an intelligent black child type rap. Running back to me, and I just love that freaking guy. Um, I just love the bow. I saw your tweet. He's like, we're gonna miss that bow, and he's 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 gonna be a little. I don't know. I don't want to get political. I don't want to get too too into. He's but he's he's a he's a true he's a true running back who made some great moment, but he was also a, a smart guy that had that was conscious that had a conscience about the way the world is around him and had a voice about it. And it, it blew up on him sometimes because he, was he wasn't scared to voice his opinions on, you know, way, way before Callum Ka Kaepernick. I mean, he was, he was Kaepernick five years ago talking about these kind of issues and saying, hey, shit's fucked up. And we are like, what are you doing, dude? You're one of the best running backs in the league. And he's like, he had nothing to lose. He's like, I'm fucking undrafted. I'm doing this. Aaron Foster, as much of a great fantasy player he was, as much of a great running back he was, this was is a conscious, thoughtful person that was always trying to make question what was happening around him. Again, way before, right now it's, it's a hot thing to be talking about because of the way the world is and, and the way, um, you know, the, the white and black issue is in America. He was talking about this stuff in college. Before he was here and five years ago. And for that, uh, Aaron Fo Arian Foster is going to have a great post career. He's a smart friggin' guy. He's gonna, you're, you're going to be seeing him all the time. Eloquent. Uh, I love that guy. I'm, I, love, I love seeing that speech he said. He said, my body can't keep up anymore. He's like, I wanted to do it. I can't do it anymore. I'm going out now. I'm going out happy. Yeah. And, Peaceful. And the thing is, he, was, you know, he spoke out against a lot against the NCAA. And all those things. He's just a very, you know, he's going to be a, a leader in yep. some sort of way of life. And that's yep. something that, that he, he deserves to do because he was very good on the football field. I hope he made enough money to where he was happy. I know he made sure that when he got his one deal, it was his one deal. And that, that, that he knew that's what it was going to be. Yeah. And he, but he was very clear about that. It's like, I'm making my money now. Yeah. <laughs> this shit, this shit don't last forever. So, Anyway, uh, we're gonna miss Harry Foster. One of the one of the first uh, graphics I ever had um, Jackie do for us was uh, that that samurai bow kind of awesome thing that he did. And he and one of the pyro our pyro character for him uh, when he was on the uh, the Texans was him bowing and. Harry Foster, just a smart friggin' pragmatic guy, and you know he just he just he just. Fueling thought and making sure people people respect uh, the, the whole dynamic of uh, of the world. And he's got, like you said, he's he's going to be doing some great stuff moving forward. He's going nowhere. And he also retires 
as the Houston Texans leader in rushing yardage and uh, rushing touchdowns. And so, I, I think he's he is he's top five all time of um, rushing yards, yards per, per game or per, yards, yeah, per scrimmage. yards per scrimmage. Okay, he is he was good man and health took you know his ability to glide because that's when a guy who just ran the football. His patience was unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. His patience was unbelievable, and any young player will look at the way that that guy let holes open up for him. He would just sit there and almost be like, okay, 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 boom, and just pop. So we're we're gonna miss you. And uh, again, we haven't seen the last of you, so you're the man. Let's move on to the Patriots at the Bills. But before we do that, let's listen to our sponsor. The Bills um, handed the Patriots their only loss. Without Brady, and damn, I have a feeling that's um, yeah. The Bra- Brady and the Patriots have not lost when Brady has played a full game since what 1999. So I'm not too worried about the Bills <laughs> here, especially that they went out and ruined LaShawn McCoy for everyone. Um, so Tom Brady, great play. He's averaging 25 fantasy points a game, like. Just play Brady. Don't think about the defensive matchup too much. Uh, they're allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points a game to opposing quarterbacks. Do you mind but, if I don't say a thing on this game? Sure. Okay. <laughs> just do your do your thing. I mean, I just I'm not I, I, go. I, the only thing is, I don't really think this is a little Garrett Blunt game. I see more of the James White game. All the time when Belichick goes up against the Rex Ryan defense, he loves to use the passing back. He loves to throw, you know, dump offs to that position. So I think it's more of a James White game. Garrett Bunt could get in for his one vulture score, but I'm not really counting on him to have another 130 yard, two touchdown performance like he did last week. Uh, other players, Julian Edelman, you know, in PPR leagues, I think you can play him in standard leagues. I think you need to see more. Gronk, you could start, of course. Uh, 7-11 Hogan, you know, he's a dart throw. They haven't thrown very many touchdown passes. Two wide receivers this season. I don't think Brady's personally thrown one all year to a wide receiver. Martellus Bennett. Like Martellus Bennett again this week. I think this is a week where he should be able to do do some work. You look at his snap percentage, though, over the last couple weeks, and, and it's falling. But in a game... Division game that really, really matters to the Patriots uh, in what should be, you know, a tighter game, unfortunately, than against the less than healthy Steelers. I think that's something that's got to be taken into account. Definitely, definitely think Martellus Bennett will be more involved, get more targets, and he's always a threat for a touchdown. And with the way the tight end position looks, I, I doubt you have very many options that are better than Martellus Bennett. Uh, Let's just flip over to the other side. Let's do it. LaShawn McCoy, they're hearing, they're, or I'm, excuse me, they're hearing, they're saying that it's going to be a lot like last week, where it's going to be a game time decision, where things, you know, are going to be up in the air and things are, and they're going to give the finger to fantasy owners. So uh, I don't know with LaShawn McCoy. I think if you own him, you play him. And hopes that he's healthier, but we've got to get some good news. But I think almost at this point, you want him to sit, even though he yep. you know, dominated the Patriots a couple weeks ago. I, I agree. I think you want him to sit. You want him to get healthy because when he's just 
not 100% when he's 85 or 90%. That extra 10, 15% is all the difference because the things he's not able to do change, changes his game so much. It's like Kanye West. Everything I'm not makes me everything I am because when he's banged up, he's just he, he's just it's media mediocrity. Now let's say they do sit him. Is uh, you, Bush had uh, too many opportunities? Gil, Mike, Michael Gillisley was a guy that a lot of people were picking up last week. Uh, what, what do you expect? Yeah, I just had five touches uh, last week. I think, honestly, I don't think Gill would get as much work as we originally thought. Yeah. We saw Reggie Bush get in this person. If you know McCoy's out, that means Jonathan Williams is going to be helpful. And then Jonathan Williams could get you know short yardage work. And it'll just be a lot more of a committee approach than what we what we've sort of seen from this team with Sean McCoy healthy. So I mean I think Gillis would probably be the best fantasy play, but counting on, you know, people were talking in DFS that he was a lock, that he, he had to be played with McCoy out. Obviously things, you know, changed before game time to where that changed. But yeah, I, I just don't think it's as great uh that we talk about it right now. Um wide receivers I mean, Marquise Goodwin, I don't think he's very fantasy-relevant. The only one that's really fantasy-relevant is Robert Woods, and he just needs to get back healthy, and then he should see his seven, eight, nine targets. Uh, but it'll probably get you 50 yards and maybe a touchdown. Charles For, Clay, not very good. Foreshadowing, uh, any, you hearing anything with uh, Sammy? Is, is this a guy that you're... Not you're... a peep as of yet, man. Okay. All right, let's move forward. T God, um, Ty God, you—it's—it's it's tough to. Ty God has been excellent. Yeah, he's been a, no, he's been awesome. I mean, right now he's QB eight in scoring, but is this matchup? Are you? I mean, I definitely think you can if you have. They're going to be behind. I think this is an option where you play him out, but it's more of a desperation. Like, usually when I play Tyrod, it's because it's a great matchup and I know he's going to run, but now I think the Patriots will spy him um, and do the things that the Patriots do to take away that part of their game, especially if they know, you know, LaShawn McCoy is going to be limited. Cool. Let's go on to the next game, the last of the uh, uh, early situation. Agree with you. It's so stupid. Red Zone's just going to be able to do split screen all day if they want. Uh, Jets. That just means we have to listen to Scott Hansen talk more, and that's not good for me. Well, I'm a direct TV guy, so now uh, I always space this putz his name that we talked to him on the show. With Anthony Siciliano. Did you see? Did you see our hair last week? He started out hot. He was either smoking or partying the night before. The second it gave it, it didn't sound like him. He was his voice. He lost his voice. By the end of the day, and I'm shocked it doesn't happen more often with these guys because they're just sitting there and talking. Could you imagine sitting there for seven hours and just talking? It, it, like my they, dream. <laughs> they, just, they caught him in a couple of commercials. Like, Sorry about that. Sorry, but I remember like re- coming back to it at the end. Be like, did, what happened to Siciliano? Did, they, did he have like an emergency? And he's like, yeah, I'm Siciliano, and he sounded totally different. Like, he totally lost his voice by the end of the day. <laughs> so even even the best. It happens too. So God, God bless it. But let's go to the um, the Jets at the Browns. Gino gets his opportunity. Gino tears his opportunity apart, and uh, now all this back and forth, airing out the laundry that's going on between Bulls, the, the Fitzpatrick, and all this stuff. 
Kind of stupid, but let's start there. Do you like Fitzpatrick in this matchup? I thought, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Two, I like, yes. Because they are allowing every single quarterback to throw for multiple touchdowns against them. <laughs> I mean, but I think this is more of the patented Fitzpatrick we see. We saw all of last season. 250 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Well, he gets a win, and it's an average fantasy day. But at this point, that's an improvement over what we've seen from Fitzpatrick this yeah. season. But this is the perfect get-right game for uh, Fitzmagic. I, I mean, even if Joe Hayden's back, you're not worried about a guy like Brandon Marshall. So Brandon Marshall, I think Quincy and Noonan can also be played against Cleveland. Great, great times for all these receivers. Matt Forte... Matt Forte, Matt Forte. I mean, he's had some really, really good games this season. He's had really, really down games this season. But I think against Cleveland, you got to roll him out there. you got to love... I mean, the matchup's not the greatest against Cleveland, but he's going to get volume because the Jets should be able to be up. I mean, right now, the QB1 for Cleveland is Hogan. And then their second guy is a guy they just picked up off the lever wire. So, and, and Joe Callahan. So, that, that, let's just look sounds, at sounds like, uh, sounds like the Fiat shop I bring, brought, used to bring my, uh, my, my dad's old school Fiat Spider into. Hey, Hogan and O'Callahan, what's, what's wrong with my, what's wrong with my car? <laughs> like, uh, I th- maybe actually I was fixing again, Tony. Italian. <laughs> There are I, the Irish don't make any cars. <laughs> All right. Um, so you basically, anybody else uh, we're talking about on that? No, no not at all. Browns uh, foreshadowing pick. I did it this week um, in our blog talk radio. I picked up Corey Coleman. He's not going to be back this week, but it seems like it's a close enough call that he will be back next week. Um, yeah. Something to consider in your league and dark in deeper benches. Uh, if you if you need some help, obviously I think it's much better. And the great news that I'm kind of hearing also is that McCown could play this weekend. I mean, it's not likely, but they're saying he could go. So if that means he could go this week, hopefully he can go next week. Hopefully Corey Coleman's back. And if that's the case, I like that action. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with their quarterback situation. Right now, it looks like it's Kevin Hogan, and Kevin Hogan looked great running the ball. Yeah. And it's not something. And he wasn't even a running quarterback in college. No, he wasn't a, an exclusively running quarterback. He was an athletic guy at Stanford who ran when he had to. But, yeah, it's sort of surprising that he ran that much and ran that successfully. So, uh, against New York, though. Against these Jets and how they shut down run games, I think you don't really want to play Isaiah Crowell. I think maybe you want to play a Duke Johnson because they'll have to run those dump-offs to the running backs. Other than that, Terrell Pryor, you know, I think he's a decent start. Uh, I wonder if they'll send him deeper more. You know, I think it depends on who's a quarterback. We'll see what these the arm strength of these guys are because if it's Kevin Hogan, he doesn't have a great deep arm. He's he's got he's more of a game managing type of guy with an adequate arm, but nothing real special, and that's why he sort of bounced around a couple teams early in his career. So uh, it it all depends on who's a quarterback for me, but 
Terrell Pryor, he's got that weekly upside that you look for. He's got that ability to score touchdowns. And, and the Browns are scoring touchdowns this season. That has not been their problem. Mm-hmm. Gary Barnage, Gary Barnage, 60 yards. I don't know if he's going to score. <laughs> Bar- Gary, Gary Barnacle? Yep, the Barnacle man. Where's Barnage sitting right now? Barnage is 14th. Um, he's, he's, got a, he's got 40 targets, 30 catches. No TDs. That's where his issue is right now. Not many yards either, so hopefully he well, after can... Well, scoring nine of them last season, we knew there was going to be some regression. Yeah. We didn't know that regression would be to zero. Yeah, no, it's true. And let's be honest, that's been a quagmire, as you like to say. Uh, I don't know because that, if that's because you like the fantasy uh, or the family guy, uh, but the quagmire, giggity, 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 at quarterback for that team. Well, let's move on. I will say this. Hugh Jackson, when he signed on to be the head coach for the, the Cleveland Browns, he didn't realize that, god damn, there's a lot of shit that has always happened in the Cleveland Browns. One, I mean, thing, we'll, one thing we'll say before I let you go. Tonight, our Cubbies are playing the Indians. We know that. But also, aren't tonight, the, uh, the, isn't the ring... The distribution for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is it unbelievable that the mistake by the lake, the Cavalier, the Cleveland fans are now potentially going to be champions in two sports? You don't want to say that. I'm not going to say it, but potentially. I actually <laughs> like saying that because then it doesn't make – I like saying that. I don't think that's a jinx. I think it's a, the opposite to think that it wouldn't be. Whatever. I don't know. We'll Whatever see. the hell happens. Uh, we'll see. It's a triple negative double. Triple entendre. Entendre. Uh, Go on. Let's uh, move on to the next game. First game of one of two in the second half. Chargers at the Broncos. God, the Chargers are awesome, but like you said, it's just not a great time going up against those Bronx. What are you thinking? But remember, this team played... Uh, what two weeks ago yeah. against Denver on that sort of uh, Thursday night where Gary Kubiak was sitting at home, so he got to watch the film live. So that's going to be good for Denver. Uh, what they also just got Trevor Simeon back that game. So playing this close though against a defense like this. I don't really like it. I'm, I don't play Philip Rivers. I don't play any of the wide receivers. I I think the only two people in or three people in discussion to play, basically Hunter Henry. We got to see if he comes back. He got put into concussion protocol after the game after reporting symptoms of a concussion. That's concerning because he was their leading receiver in that game. He was the difference maker in why they went out and got that victory. You know, him being able to exploit linebackers with his size and speed was the difference in the game. Yeah. And if you want to tell me otherwise, I think you're wrong. Yeah. Then, you know, Antonio Gates. He was coming back off an injury in that one. Uh, Last he, game, in this week's game, he should have caught that to win the game. Well, they ended up winning the game anyways. But he should have caught that touchdown to not even yeah. make it go into overtime. That hit his hands. He was at the, the half-yard line. Philip Rivers, who does this morning, flails on like, how'd you drop that? Goes to his knees. But Antonio Gates dropped that catch. That was just perfectly right on the numbers. It was a touchdown. So yeah. let's get Hunter Henry back for sure. Let's get a Val Verde. Oh. 
Yeah. That was a yeah. bumper. So then the, the we talked about Antonio Gates. He wasn't great against the uh, Denver in the first game, but he's looking a little bit healthier. He got a you know a load of targets in the last one against Atlanta. So I, I think he could be more involved this time around. He was sort of on limited snaps uh, last time they played. I don't think that'll happen again this time. Then it's Melvin Gordon. I mean, Melvin Gordon's a guy who scored a touchdown in every game except the Denver game, but he did rush for 94 yards, albeit on 27 carries. The thing is, he's just a threat for a touchdown at all times. And reports are that they want to get Melvin Gordon less touches, but you just don't see anyone there as a threat for his touches. Like, I'm not really worried uh, about a Kenneth Farrell taking work. We've seen Dexter McCluster not be able to do anything. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really worried about any of that at all. I think you just fire up Melvin Gordon on a weekly basis. He's the third scoring player in fantasy football on the strength of all of these damn touchdowns. He's got ten of them yeah. in seven games. That is I all. agree with you. Let's go to Denver. So Denver... Uh, you're looking at Trevor Simeon to manage the game, and you're looking at the running backs. You know, they, they weren't great against San Diego the first time around. It was mostly CJA then. Now we'll see if this two-headed monster with with a booker and with the CJA can be more effective because they looked awesome last night. Their, that offensive line finally looked back together like they did early in the season because there was a couple games there where they just were not opening up anything. But 50-50 for snaps potentially going forward. You know, the split was a little bit in the favor of Devontae Booker. Uh, it was 35-29, but that's mostly because, let's remember, C.J. Anderson also left this game with an injury for a little while. So mm-hmm. expect 50-50 snaps, 50-50 touches. And it was a blowout. Yeah, it was a blowout. So they're like, CJ, let's, let's It's it. funny when you describe a game about Denver that they can only be up by 14 points and it feels like a blowout. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, and but throughout the whole throughout the whole game, there was just no momentum. So there's like, there's never there's never a worry on their part. But I think let's be honest, we loved I love Booker as much as anybody around. Thought he thought CJ would either suck or, or get injured, and he'd get his opportunity. That didn't have to happen. I and it's better. It's now it's like it's not even it's not thunder and lightning. It's none of the, those two. It's kind of just. Same guy. I think one guy's a little bit more of a batter Ram and Booker. Um, but these guys are pretty similar runners where it's like yeah. plug and plug. plug, A couple of plugs and a couple of plugs. Um, and when you've got Simeon, who's, like you said, a game manager, it's a perfect scenario. And you got that defense. I would say that moving forward, and we'll see if this stays true, but against the charge, I think it will. Moving forward, I think Booker's going to be a, a great flex a running back, too, and CJ is a running back, too, and a flex as well. You, these guys are both going to be playable because you see that they can't stretch the field. They're, they're, they're not going – they don't want to. They, they're, 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 that's not going to be their, their MO on offense this year. It's going to be – they're hey. going to take some shots, but other than that, it's going to be the screen game and getting these running backs involved. And they've got two top 15 receivers right now. We saw you know, Demarius catch a pretty nice touchdown pass, and 
you know, be more heavily targeted than Emmanuel Sanders, but Emmanuel Sanders came up with the long catches. Can I can I give a cheers to you and your Gatorade with my Valverde? Sorry, I'm talking about my league so much, but. That drop pass by uh, Demarius in my big money league saved my season. He catches that, I lose. <laughs> thank you very, very little. <laughs> thank you very much. But my my uh, the guy I played against texted me. He's like, I can't believe it. I lost. And then right after that, they sat him not because he dropped it, but it's just like we're winning. Let's throw in the the other guys. And I was like, oh my god, literally saved my season. God bless. I. And we, we have them we have them in the BTR and and, and uh, fishbowl right? No, we don't have. We don't have just just sport talk. Sorry, I'm gonna I will talk about my league one more time when it's two people. I'm just trying to fill fill the stuff, and I'm I'm not as great. With the so you're trying you're trying to fill the void of Houdini talking about his leagues. <laughs> <laughs> True. Houdini's gonna listen to this show and he's like, "Fuck you, Stags." <laughs> no, he's not. He's gonna listen. He's like, "See, those motherfuckers need me." <laughs> and we do, buddy. We love you. Holla. Say hi to uh, Governor Christie. <laughs> All right. Um, Whenever I say anything political, I make stags. Stags can't speak. All right, let's move. Uh, I don't think we got anything else to say. Broncos made a trade for a tight end today with the uh, Patriots. AJ Derby gave up a fifth round pick, so it expects like they, they're going to get involved. I mean, Virgil Green. Hasn't been getting it done as a receiver. You know, John Phillips is a guy. A.J. Derby was a guy who looked great in the preseason. So we'll see if he could, you know, pick up this offense quick enough to be a fantasy factor coming down the stretch. It's kind of pretty crazy, though, that when a trade happens between essentially the two favorites in the same division making a trade. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, but when it's, it's, such, it's, a, it's such a Patriots thing to do, though. It is. It, it is, but it's just weird to be like, imagine Derby like winning a game-winning catch in the uh, AFC Championship. and Not going to happen, but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Broncos, anything else to say on these mofos? Nope, that's about it. All right, all right, let's move on. Um, last game in the second batch, Packers at the Falcons. But before we get to that game, let's pay for some of this audio equipment. Can this be a shootout? I think it has to be. I mean, especially if you expect... I mean, Green Bay's defense is so beat up in the passing game. Uh, It's going to be tough. Ah, man. I mean, also, they're so beat up at running back. Ty Montgomery literally played like 45 snaps at running back. Now he's getting positional eligibility at running back from ESPN. Other sites have declined to do so. So... I don't think it matters. You know, I think he's a very good play. But if he's a running back, I think he's a running back two. If he's a wide receiver, I think he's like a wide receiver three. You know, just based on what else is out there right now. Uh, We'll see how long this continues. James Stark's still supposed to be sidelined for like another three weeks to a month. So, yeah, it's going to be that show. They're expecting to get Niall Davis more involved in this offense this week. Uh, I mean... Just two days was impossible for that guy to get involved, learn the playbook, and run too many snaps. And then Don Jackson left with a hand injury early in that game, and it was completely over for him. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what Niall Davis could become, but it's going to be a lot of question marks, but right now the guy to own is Ty Montgomery, but then this is a team that also threw the crap out of the ball that last game. Well, the best pickup of the week in the waiver wire for you is Devontae Adams. Jesus Christ, this guy all of a sudden gets going, and I liked his quote. He's like, I can only do what I get put in front of me. You know, I can only do, and they're like, what happened? How did you all of a sudden get this? this?" The sad part is he's always gotten targets and dropped them. So, And let's be honest, even in that game, when that guy catches the ball, I'm a fat ass. I think I'm quicker out of a break than that guy. He, somehow, he's like, it's almost like one of those great best, uh, some of the best basketball players I've ever played against were like the slowest dudes where you're like swiping and trying to get the ball, but they're so slow that they're awesome. He's almost, I think that he's almost got that kind of MO where it's just like, he's so lumbering that the, people just hold back and then they like, oh, he's going left. And like, I don't know. I'm rambling, but he is... Really, really slow. And he is not quick, but and I and I to be honest, I'm not a guy that's going to go out right now and, and burn my waiver wire number one spot on him. I just I'm just not. Um, I'm not going to do the same with Montgomery either. I still think it's going to be the the, the Cobb and the, I think Jordy will turn this thing around. Jordy or Nelson uh, is, is is just not having a great run right now, but. The thing is, he's just not able to get open. He's not able to create separation. And that's not something that's usually fixed in season. It's usually rest. I mean, yeah. He's already had his bye week. Yeah. I mean, unless they're going to shut him down for a few weeks to let him get healthier, but I don't think they can afford to do that. But, I mean, as a fantasy owner, I think you just got to play him as like a wide receiver three, adjust your expectations until you see more, because he's just a guy who scored so regularly to open the season. Yeah. It's hard to put him on your bench. Do, um, do you think Devontae Adams is going to keep, keep keep it up? Is this, I mean, that, is this that whole third, fourth wide receiver on Green Bay aspect? It has nothing to do with that. It just looks like Jordy really, really struggled to make separation. And if that continues at any point, like... You know, this week, let's see, Jordy Nelson should get Desmond Trufant on the outside. And that, he's a very, very good cover corner. So, I'm a little bit concerned about Jordy this week. And then, I mean, I think that could funnel looks to a Randall Cobb and to a Devontae Adams. Uh, Just sort of, hey, you know, let's see. And then the running back, Ty Montgomery, I think all those guys will be more involved than... I mean, Rodgers is a smart guy and attacks where defenses are weaker. And if Jordy's locked down by a top corner in the league, he's not going to throw it there, you know, a ton. We've seen it before. We've seen him completely avoid Richard Sherman. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 the whole Packers offense looks a little bit anemic right now. A little bit. Uh, they didn't it's on Thursday. It's a, but it's it, I agreed. But it's a little worrisome. It's a, it, Things aren't it's, perfect. It's, it's a, well, it's, it's much different than we're used to. It's this. It, they're using the passing game as the running game. I haven't seen. We haven't seen something like that. Like I don't know since like Eric Metcalf or Jim Jensen on on the on the Dolphins. Like I can't remember a team that's offensive running game is just maybe the Dolphins when they had the Wildcat. But that was done. In, I don't know. It just seems like these they can't run. So it's. Well, how many attempts did did Rodgers have this week? Something like 58 or something like that. Um, 
that's what they're going to have to continue to do. And it should work out against Atlanta because Atlanta, outside of Desmond Trufant, they don't have a you know great, great back end to their defense. Let's go over to Atlanta. Um, Julio, number one, still uh, that guy's beast, beast, yeah. and he's still not even crushing it on the tight end. On the he's not crushing side. it in targets. He's not crushing it. it he's averaging receptions. He's just averaging 20 yards a catch. Yeah. Which, which is insane. Which is insane. Let's say, as far as receptions go, I've got... Sorry, I hit the wrong one. Receptions go, Julio Jones... Okay, he's ninth. Yeah, but he's not killing it. Yeah, no, he, I agree. I, no, I'm with, I, I thought it would be lower, to be honest. He's ninth in receptions with 40. Uh, and that's on 65 targets, which is way low. Um... Got a ton of yards, obviously, but he's not. He's only got four TDs, which is less than uh, Jordy Nelson, who we were just talking about. But he's still the number one guy. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Obviously, you're starting Julio. I think you're Tevin, starting. Tevin looks like he's out. Probably out because they went out and they signed to Stephen Ridley. And they uh, promoted Taron Ward from the practice squad. So all those things make you think Tevin Coleman's out, which makes this a Devonta Freeman backfield. And if you're a Devonta Freeman backfield owner, you're doing a little dance for as long as he's out. Could he get 40 touches this week? Uh, I don't know. Because, remember, what's the strength of Green Bay? Green Bay run defense. But he's going to get a lot of receptions. They're going to get a lot of receptions, but... I mean, the Packers were run on by Dallas and Ezekiel Elliott, and Atlanta's got a very good offensive line as well. We'll see if that's, you know, a difference maker. But I expect Freeman to be very, very good this week. Just knowing the 25 to 30 touches he should get. I mean, 30, okay. I was thinking against many other teams, I was he would get 30 carries, <laughs> and then we'd, we'd add in the, the, the receptions he'd get. But that makes sense. The Packers are the best running defense there is, so that that definitely makes sense. Does that uptick a Julio? Does that uptick eh, Sanu? I mean, it's hard to uptick Julio from number one. Yeah. I mean, Sanu, maybe he's a flex play this week. Green Bay can be passed up upon, absolutely. I also think Jake and Tammy could be fairly involved or not involved and then catch a vulture touchdown. Hooper. Um, Hooper, I'm not seeing it. Not, not yet for Hooper. I mean, he's seeing like one target a game. I, I gotta yeah, see yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the right, I mean, that's it. You just start your studs on Atlanta. You start Matt Ryan. You start Julio Jones. You start Demetrius Freeman, with, especially with Tevin Coleman out. And then you maybe throw a darts with the Mahomes in it. He broke his hand, so he's been out. But I still don't understand why that team didn't go after Corey Coleman. God, that, with that Corey Coleman with with Julio Jones and that offense, and then oh man, that'd be sick. Anything else to say here? Nope. Let's move on. Sunday night in America, Eagles at the Cowboys. This is rookie central. Eagles have some of the hottest um, defense happening. We know that uh, we've seen that um, the rookie quarterback has. Fallen, it's come back down to earth a little bit, and which is great. Let's start with the Eagles. I think this is going to be a great, great game. Great, great game on Sunday night. Probably we'll TiVo it and watch it after the Cubbies. But what do you, what do you got to say on this one? 
I mean, it's the rookie quarterback matchup, maybe. I mean, because we haven't really heard much coming out of Dallas in regards to a Tony Romo. He's not but, practicing. I mean, I wonder if they just don't say anything. And it's it's the old it's the old Cutler deal. We'll talk about Cutler in a minute, but all of a sudden Cutler's like, oh, he's not practicing. All of a sudden, Hoyer's out. Like, Cutler will start a week eight. Yeah, Cutler's <laughs> real. <laughs> Until Dak gets hurt, Romo's, Romo's injured. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Carson, Carson Wentz, I don't really love him as a play this week. Dallas just plays the ball control, suck the life out of the clock type of offense that you don't like to see. Um, the rest of the plays, let's see, Ryan Matthews, you know, more work from Wendell Smallwood. That that could potentially hurt in the long run. Um, Darren Sproles not seeing just a great volume of plays. Sort of the same thing with, you know, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar, Hell, even if they trade for Torrey Smith, I, I don't see just a great fantasy performance going up against the Cowboys, especially with how they've struggled over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I don't really love any of these guys. Nobody has put up a 100-yard game as a rusher or a receiver against the Dallas Cowboys this season. I, I don't really see the high upside that I'm looking for sort of in DFS plays. Um, in season long, I think Jordan Matthews is more of a wide receiver three this week than he is a you know, starting, locked-in stud for you. Zach Ertz has really struggled the last couple weeks. I think he's got just nine targets since returning from his injury. So I'm only plugging in Zach Ertz if I absolutely, absolutely have to. Desperation mode type of move. Uh, let's flip over to the other side. Dak Prescott. I mean, I don't really love him against this Eagles defense. This Eagles defense has been very, very good. They've been better at home, however, than they have been on the road. They're allowing six more fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks uh, at on the road than at home. So, you know, Dak should be able to get it going a little bit. Cole Beasley... Interesting play, getting Des Bryant back. I think Cole Beasley and Des Bryant are the two receivers you want to own and potentially play this week. Jason Witten. Do you like going? What do you like going after Des as a buy low candidate? I mean, it depends what you're getting him for, but people are sort of paying, you know, some some tough prices right now for Des because now that he's back, now it's not really buy low. Now it's like. Oh, Dez is Dez. You gotta pay me Dez prices, and it's like oh. people. Oh, Dez owners, myself included, and I'm a I'm an ex fan. I'm a Dez. I'm a Desbian. Uh, people are hate hate the guy. I mean, even when he's coming back, they go, oh, he sliced his fingers making carrots soup. I mean, the guy's always just he's just kind of a fucking knucklehead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to really debate that. It's been it's been literally. Four out of the last five years where Dez, you cannot argue the, the talent, can't argue the athleticism, you can't argue even the opportunity, but he seems to fall short far more than he should, right? Huh, I don't really have much to say about that. All right, move on to Witten. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking about making a package deal for a Dez, and it's either going to make or break me. And it'll probably break me, and then I'm going to dez all over my... The thing is, you're not getting the tremendous passing game volume that you're getting when he was with Tony Romo. Yeah. And Dez is always the guy 
who was never who never had the most targets, but oh, yeah. he had so seemingly the most efficient targets. But now they want to his catch and touchdown ratios probably had to be the the, the, yeah. the best of anyone over the last five years. It was, it was ridiculous. Uh, I like the way we were talking about him in the past tense, though. Never, <laughs> never Des, a good thing. Des dead. Des dead. No, but Des should be a decent play this week. The problem is just the volume of the offense. I don't know if Des is ever going to be a nine-target guy with sort of Dak and Ezekiel Elliott running the show and running this offense in its current state. Like, it, it hampers him a little bit. Maybe he's now a seven-target guy. Maybe he's more of a wide receiver two now, but can score touchdowns, you know, one of those touchdown-heavy wide receiver twos. I need to see Dez and Dak be on the same page because we haven't seen it for an extended period of time. And until then, I can't, you know, go right in Dez at the top five of my rankings or anything. No way. I agree, I agree with some of the sentiments and some of the experts or uh, pundits out there that, that believe that Romo, and not that you can get that much for him, Romo and Dez should almost be traded by it, by the team and, and just let this youth movement kind of just own itself. Other get get rid of the stink? Just, yeah, just get rid Just it, it, you know, it's always going to be the for the the moment Romo's ready and the and, and Des being back. It's it, there's just this 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 negative energy or this this elephant in the room. And um, I don't know. I just think everything's going so well for this team. We'll see. This is a great matchup. I mean, this is a telling tale. This is the Eagles and the Cowboys, both teams. I mean, I guess the Cowboys before Romo went down, no one knew, but both teams, no one thought would be where they're at. And to see these guys go up against each other, it's a real gut. It's a real litmus test. Who are, is one of these teams legit? They're both in the same division. They're both NFC. Uh, if, if, could they... Now people are saying, I saw on ESPN the other day, the people think that the Eagles are one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl out of this, out of this, not only the NFC, but obviously this division. Yeah. Yeah. And that's defense, but it's also Pennsylvania. It's also just the whole, the whole, the whole. There's a lot of talent there. They got a great offensive line. The whole deal is just sweet. I mean, you look at this. This is a sort of strength versus weakness. Strength versus, or strength versus strength, because this offense of the Cowboys is very, very strong. Yeah. This defense, of the Eagles, is very, very strong. It's going to be an interesting matchup. These divisional matchups always are. Uh, a four and two team against a five and one team, you know, sort of vying for the top uh, of that division to see where they can eventually end up. Especially with sort of the NFC West being down so far, uh, the NFC South, you know, all these giants, all the giants of the NFC, you know, at the beginning of the season aren't really there right, right. now. They're one and five and three and three and one and four, four and three and one. Parody. Parody happening. Well, let's go on. I think this... You got anything else to say on that one? No, I mean, I'm, Jason Witten, I don't think you really want to play him. Yeah. Eagles are tough on defenses against... Uh, I, I actually haven't talked about Ezekiel Elliott. Just, yeah. just play Ezekiel Elliott. Of course. <laughs> of course. And that's all. <laughs> are you worried long-term blessing about Elliott? Um, we have him in a, a league or two. Um, I'm in leagues where no, I'm not you're not worried. But no, but you're not worried about any any workload issues. What what about? I don't know. 
I mean, you think he's getting too much work? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm just being I'm pontificating. Do they need to pull back a little bit? Do they need to get? I, I mean, Morris going. If, if this team's really good now, it's like okay, actually, we're not trying to sell jerseys. We're, we might go deep. We might be around. Do they need to pull back the reins a little bit? He has to be getting rookie wall, so to speak. He has to be getting all that much work, man. So let me get in 17, 18 touches the last couple weeks as they pulled back a little bit. He hasn't been getting that tw- uh, 28, 30 carries for the game. They're already starting to pull it back. He just had his bye. I'm not really worried. Now that we're in division games that matter, I think Ezekiel Elliott's the guy they want carrying the ball more than anybody else. God, that guy's good. All right, let's go to the game that I'm going to. You might be going to, you might not be, but I invited you to the game today. But me and my boy Stavish will be at this uh, this this Halloween. Ooh, I don't know what we're gonna dress up as. Uh, I asked Stavish other day, I'm like, what do, what do you want to dress up as? He goes, Bears fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, lazy as fuck, but I'm down with that. Um, do those exist anymore? <laughs> yeah. Where do you buy a costume for that? To be uh, to be honest. <laughs> We're pissed off. Our, our seats are, I've said it before, 50-yard line with second-to-last row from the very top. We knew this. This is the only game we bought into this year after buying like five or six games for the last four years. We could have had – we shouldn't have bought these tickets because we could have gotten for cheaper face value, better seats. But we're going to do it. And uh, we're going to the game. We're going to see the Vikings at the Bears. Let's start with the Vikings. Quick question. I'm doing it in two leagues that I drafted him. I'm picking up an Adrian Peters. I'm back up because I'm hearing little rumblings that maybe, just maybe, he starts coming back in December. I've got, I'm in leagues that have deep benches, so I'm willing to do it. But in two leagues, thank God this podcast will be up and no one will be able to go two hours into it by the time, but in two leagues, I dropped. I drafted him in the first round. Got fucked. I'm picking him back up. Just because what if? If we get to the championship, what if? Something you should consider too, if you can. Um, but let's go on to the Vikings first. What are, what are your expectations for this team against Bears? I mean, I don't really think of that much of this team on offense in general. I mean, if I'm looking at this team, I'm looking at Kyle Rudolph. And Kyle Rudolph's been able to do whatever he wants against anybody in the league he wants. Um, so I'm excited about Kyle Rudolph potentially, you know, having a okay game. I, I don't really know what to say. Like, he's not going to be great, but could he get 40 yards and a touchdown? Sure. Could he get 70 yards on five catches and no touchdown? Absolutely. That is in the realm of things Kyle Rudolph can do. And I definitely think, you know, those are possibilities to where, I mean, you got to play him. He's been... When we're looking at Greg Olson in top positional weeks, the, the guy closest to him is a Kyle Rudolph. Crazy, right? Insane. That's the kind of position. Crazy. I mean, we're looking at that, and you're genuinely... And then, other than that... Okay, let's talk Stephon Diggs. Diggs, Stephon Diggs. Diggs is... Stephon Diggs destroyed the Bears last year. I think it's definitely in the realm of possibilities. I mean, the Bears just you, you destroyed him, though. I'm sorry to interrupt you and do the Houdini aspect. I'm, 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 there was two missed tackles that usually don't happen. Have you seen the Bears' defensive backfield? <laughs> Fuck. Like, 
Yeah, all right, I'll shut up. On other on other teams, it might not happen, but to the Chicago Bears on a spooky night at the end of October, it definitely might. All right. Um, I think I called the Diggs was going to be an OR player this year. An OR player? Overrated. Oh. I mean, it's hard to be overrated. He yes. had a 200 yard game this season. I know, but he didn't get, everyone, everyone was on his jock and he got a little banged up and whatnot, but I, I, he just can't, he, he's just not one of those guys that can do, he, he can't put it out over a season. Enough about Diggs, I'm just not, I, I kind of a Diggs hater. <laughs> I kind of am. I kind of. I think he, he once once the going gets tough, Diggs is Diggs ain't, ain't ain't the kind of guy that can plow through. I'll shut up. Go play Diggs against the Bears this week. <laughs> uh, play Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you're looking at running back. I mean, I think both guys are maybe flex plays. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but I think in games where they're leading and they need Jarek McKinnon to just run the ball, I think they're more comfortable with him in a pure sort of rushing role than they are sort of the pass-protecting, three-out, three-down-back uh, three type of role. Um, and that that's a little bit concerning when they get down. And like they did against the Eagles, it was a lot of mad asiata. So I'm, I'm a little bit concerned in general about that. But I think both guys could be potential flexes this week. I'd much rather still own Jarek McKinnon um, I, I want to play the Minnesota Vikings defense against Jay Cutler. Um, Jay Cutler is a guy who throws interceptions, from what I've heard. Um, yeah, he's back. He back. Healthy. Max Madsen. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. To the, let's move on to the Bears. Before we do so, um, quickly. Um, Stag Party uh, is doing a uh, give give us a little lowdown on your on your show. I don't know if I'm doing one this week. Oh really? Yeah, World Series coverage maybe. Okay. And you want know to? I just realized we didn't do any any of these for the. Uh, You're gonna have so, to manually do that. So we're gonna manually. Do, so Mo, after you listen to the show, don't text me and say it's, it was weird where you put in the ads. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> A lot on our minds. We're all fired up. We're, we got the show. We actually started a little bit early um, tonight because it's a, it's a, we're football guys, but it's the World Series and it's the Cubbies. We're Northsiders. Let's go to the Bears quickly. Um, Cutler playing. Nothing really to talk about there. If you need uh, if you need to play him, if you have to play him, probably a terrible matchup. There's other guys on the wire that are better off, but uh, let's yeah. start. Let's start. I don't think you have to play a Jay Cutler. Yeah. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey, you'd want to avoid because of Xavier Rhodes, Rhodes closed, whatever you want to say. But he's got his boy Jay closed. He's got his boy Jay Cutler back, who just targets the crap yeah. out of him. Yeah. And if you're looking for a buy low candidate, there's he's got the second most yards uh, in the league without a touchdown behind Le'Veon Bell. So, yeah, touchdown regression should happen with his boy Jay Cutler back. I mean, I don't think he could have a wide receiver one type of week against the Vikings, but I think he could be a guy who underratedly has 50 or 60 yards and doesn't do much else. Langford practice today. What does that mean for Howard? Is Langford back this week? Can we talk about fantasy quagmire where they like Kadeem Carey, they like Jeremy Langford, they like Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard and Jeremy Langford really haven't been completely healthy together this season. 
So now, you, you know, if you had Jordan Howard and you didn't sell him after that two-game run, you're probably stuck with this guy. But if you could sell him right now and get an adequate return, you should do that immediately because they are going to give Jeremy Langford a run. They also still may give Kadeem Carey run. I'm not sure. So if I'm looking at this backfield, I don't want to own any of them right now. I mean, I think they all should be owned except for Carey just because Carey's not very good. But we've seen fantasy. I think he's success. good. I think he's good, but he, he he's he gives so much on each run. That he, Have you seen him run so yeah, fast and can, not move? <laughs> yeah, he can only he can only he can only really give so much in so few so many plays. <laughs> he's he's a real work. He's a real he's like a real workhorse, but just yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> a real workhorse on yeah, four on, he's like he's like. He's like a, a gerbil running around on one of those little like w- he wheels. He literally looks like he's on roller skates trying to sprint. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's incredible to watch. Um, he gives it a, he gives it his all, yeah. a for effort. <laughs> so talking about these other guys, just Zach Miller and Cam Meredith, Eddie Royal is still sort of missing out with practice, but I just don't know. Meredith re, was I, that was that two games of. Of, 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 of mirth and it's all gone now or what? I mean I think he'll be heavily involved. They, they seem to like him sort of as that a little bit of a gadget player. They like running they like designing plays for him. I don't mean to call him a da- gadget player. Yeah, yeah. They like designing calls for him. They like designing screens to go to Meredith. They don't really like those to go to Jeffrey. Um, they, they like quick hitters to him. Uh, the stop routes. So I think he's their short area guy that they want to be involved in. I just think that was a down game. I mean, after you went to Matt Barkley, just completely awful, awful basketball. Or awful, awful football. <laughs> yeah. But you, yeah, you want Barkley. You want the round down and rebound. Well, any, anything else to talk about on this one? Nah. I, I you going to come to the game with me or you're going you're gonna to chill out? I'm probably going to chill out because I think the Bears will get demolished. God damn, no one will go see a Bears game with me. <laughs> who got, who do I got to blow to see Cat the Bears go go see a Bears game with me? <laughs> I guess Stavish. Um, all right. Well, guys, this has uh, been Week 8's action, Navigate the Week 8. We're fired up. This has been our, you know, we, we figured this was going to be the case. This has been one of our shorter shows because that, a lot of buys – not having um, Mr. Um, Houdini around and wanting to watch our Cubbies in Game 1. Um, at the end of the day, you know who loves you, and we know who loves you. Um, it's Pyromaniac giving you the goo, give, dropping the knowledge, and um, we do it year-round. This Pyro Podcast is like nothing else out there. You know it if you've been with us for a while. If you're just listening to it for the first time, we go deep, deep, deep into each game in season and in off season. We're doing a lot of strategy and a lot of uh, you know peripheral type of stuff, and it's it's awesome. Stag party. No one knows the game and the X and O's like you do. Uh, I'm just happy to be uh, you know talking about an activity that I love so much in fantasy football and pyromaniac. The only fantasy, the only fantasy football site with a soul. We're gonna close out right now with "Beside You in Time" by Nine Inch Nails. We love you guys. Thanks. Hope you win this week. Let's bring this thing home. 
We're in this together. Any questions, float us up on facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. I gave you the Twitter address earlier. You can hit us up there. Become a Pyro Pro. Much love.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.